Hello, it's Patrice, and hello, Small Bites. I am on to tell you all about my new release, Darling Forever, which is available on Spotify, Amazon, CD Baby, and iTunes. And for more information on me and my music, you can check out my band's website, which is www.patriceandtheshow.com. I'm also on several social media platforms under Patrice Hawthorne on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm also on Facebook under Patrice Hawthorne Music. So, Derek and Donata, thanks for having me on, and I hope to talk to Small Bites on Wildfire Radio. (laughs) See you soon. Bye-bye. Darling, forever, forever You can break my heart forever If you want to I will play the part of a fool Just to be with you Small Bites Radio with Donato Marino and Derek Tim. We hope you're hungry.
spaghetti you can eat with a spoon. Oh, oh, spaghettios. Hit it. Where's the beef? Cookie. He likes it. No soup for you. No soup for you. No soup for you. Feed me more. Long as I can have you here with me. I'd much rather be forever in blue jeans, babe. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. I know this is an odd voice to be kicking off Small Bites Radio, but unfortunately, Donato Marino had a family emergency today. We put our thoughts and prayers out to Donato and his family, but I wanted to let everyone know that uh, Terry's 2, 1541 Chester Pike, Fullcroft, PA, they are having their Shamrock and Roll Pub Crawl. They're going to have free ham and cabbage from 11 a.m. till it's done. And that's going to be on Don Would Kill Me If I Didn't Give You the Proper Date on the 10th Annual... I don't know what date it is. <laughs> we'll come back to that. He, he didn't give me the exact date. But I do have myself a special co-host who's going to also give us lots of tips of what's going on in South Jersey a little later in the show. But uh, Mark Matthews, welcome back again, friend. Thank you for having me here. This is this exciting new studio here for me. I'm looking forward to the show. It's going to be great. But it wouldn't be Small Bites Radio without starting the show with my favorite man, John Howard Fusco of New Jersey Monthly. And he's also the nightlife correspondent for Courier Post. How's it going, uh, John? What's hot and heavy this week? Evening, guys. How are you all doing? Excellent. Uh, this week, a lot of a lot of news about uh, restaurants opening second locations. Uh, first, we want to start with Dim Sum House, which opened its second location this past week. So the University City Restaurant now has a second location at 20th and Chestnut in Rittenhouse, which was Jane G's, but the owners of that place have repurposed it now. So now it's another dim sum house locations so on the menu look for all day cantonese and shanghai dim sum as well as many other regional chinese dishes pork soup dumplings yum yum so that's a dim sum house uh in rittenhouse uh miles table also opened a second location this past week uh, according to michael klein at philly.com the second spot opened just yesterday at the bach building taking over the spot that was south philly smokehouse so out with the brisket and in with the brunch at the bach that's miles table its second location at the bach building uh, there's a lot of talk this past week about a new Stephen Starr project going on in Fishtown. Looks like it's going to be a Mexican restaurant and bar along with live music venue. Uh, the current working title of this location is called LMNO, and that's the letters L-M-N-O. Uh, the scheduled opening of this location is going to be the late spring, according to Philly Mag. Don't forget, guys, East Pass Young Avenue Restaurant Week starts tomorrow and runs through March 6th. You can go to eastpassyoungrestaurantweek.com and see all the listings in terms of details and what restaurants are participating. Uh, and then quickly on the Jersey side of things, NJ Penn reported this past week that Porch and Proper in Collingswood now has new ownership. The new owners are Tony and Patricia Massoud, and they're bringing their culinary experience from Lebanon to enhance the menu that currently exists at Porch and Proper. So it's not a redoing of the menu, just kind of an augmenting of that uh, with their own little touches to it. So uh, that's uh, the new ownership at Porch and Proper. And you can always follow me for more food adventures on Twitter and Instagram at Egan S. Jersey, as well as on the South Jersey Food Scene website and Facebook page. Oh, John, you're always such a great asset to the show, and they should have probably sent you all of the news to, to give out, because I just mess everything up, because Don's uh, Sham Rock and Roll is Saturday, March 7th, so keep, ah. keep now that. They got two mentions, so yeah, it's worth they it. They got so. two mentions. It was two for the price yeah, right, of right. one. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much, John. Uh, appreciate everything. Talk to you again soon. All right, guys, have a good night. And also, how rude of me, Mark, how rude of me to not thank Patrice Hawthorne of Patrice and the Show for that wonderful song to kick off Small Bites. I mean, the end. Wow. Showstopper. Yes. Wonderful. So she just released the CD yesterday for anyone who does buy that physical medium and for anyone who doesn't, they have all of those digital uh, uh, spots that she mentioned on her message to go out and purchase. I still have an 8-track player in my car. Does see- it come out on 8-track? <laughs> <laughs> There's still hope for all of us. <laughs> but talking about wonderful things, my goodness, uh, we were spoiled tonight, Mark, weren't we? We definitely were. Are. <laughs> the food that was brought in studio is beyond amazing, and it's from our friends at Bodega Bar and Kitchen, 
who are all of the rave in Midtown Village section of Philadelphia. It's Alex and Stravos. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you so much for having us. It is our pleasure. Thank you, Derek and Mark. Oh, it is. Well, Mark, not so much, but I'll take all the praise. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll certainly take all of the praise. <laughs> but hey, take it when you can, Mark. I mean, yes. It, <laughs> well, it goes with the check. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we only give out those really big checks. Oh, here. Yeah. yeah. So good good luck cashing it. But uh fried chicken, pretzel crusted, buttermilk prepared in a pastrami way. Oh man. Oh waffles with sage and cheddar cheese, a cubano, a beef empanada, just that Latin flair is just Rolling off my, like, I got to get some R's in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how you do it. So, uh, gentlemen, you have not been open that long. A month and three weeks, I think it's been. That's right. So this is really uh, just when things couldn't be crazier when you're just opening up a restaurant. Then you open it up and you go, well, it's getting even crazier. <laughs> it, it is. It really is. Especially, uh, uh when we got word that uh, we were going to be here today, uh, we were both uh, very excited, and I can speak for myself. You must uh, have never listened to the show before. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I have. In New Jersey? Yeah. <laughs> and, and for myself, uh, very nervous. But right now, I'm... I'm feeling okay. Well, you're doing wonder yeah. you're doing wonderful. And for anyone who is not right. familiar with Bodega Bar and Kitchen, why don't one of you gentlemen tell us about it? Uh, what can I say about Bodega? It's uh, it's it's a conception that uh, myself, my brother, my other partner who can't be here today, George, he's of we'll course, give him a pass this once. Yeah, we yeah. gave him a pass. I personally me. take it as an insult, but <laughs> yeah, I do as well. He's just uh, doing a party over there at the restaurant today. But really, it's just an inspiration from the uh, from all of our experiences through travel, certainly uh, not only in Latin American countries. But uh, our own experiences from growing up uh, in a bodega, actually, that my mom had growing up where, you know, there's a variety of things that she sold from rices to spice to food to cheese to music to food to magazines. And more importantly, where everybody, it seemed, gathered. Everybody always gathered at my mom's bodega growing up in, uh, if I could do a shameless pug, where we grew up in, in Upper Darby. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I know that they're very Delco. thankful for that. <laughs> and they are. And we're, well, Delco, you know, at the end of the day, we're Delco boys. Yes, we so. are. Oh, cool. yeah, that's always, through and through. And so. uh, what is the nationality, that uh, the background? Yeah, it's it's uh, merchants of, uh, of uh, Peruvian and Cuban. Uh, oh, boy. Of, uh, of food. But we're also paying homage to uh, to the city of Philadelphia as well and certain of the... Uh, the neighborhoods and the, all the little bodegas that exist in Philadelphia as well, whether it's the Latin community and mm-hmm. certainly the uh, the Asian community, and we try to immerse all those uh, all those flavors inspired with Peruvian ceviches, which couldn't bring in today. And and it is sort of a flavor that isn't seen a lot, unfortunately, mm. except in at least Philadelphia, more so like North Philadelphia. You're totally right, Derek. Uh, when you travel in South America, Latin America, things like that, I've traveled mm. extensively there. Mm. It is an experience. It's more of somewhere where people are going to eat and you're getting your gossip and your news and just little things that you need, whether it's soda or water or your, your Tylenol. It, it, it's, it's a different sort of environment and culture that surrounds bodegas normally that hasn't really transformed at least on the east coast now maybe in texas and all that may be different i haven't traveled texas extensively but you don't get that true sort of feel and you've tried to do that in bodega that when you come in it's all immersive the way that you've created it it absolutely is. I mean, that is the the whole point. A little bit, maybe it's a little bit adventurous on our part, but we, we, we did want to do that. I mean, in in a setting that is a restaurant where uh, things sometimes could be so taboo, and maybe we should talk about it, or maybe we shouldn't talk about it. Where people could just leave it all alone, and it's it's live theater, and music is a very important part of what we do. I mean, anybody who's in the restaurant business, to be honest with you, would say that it's live theater happening every day. It really is, but. Here it's it's at Bodega, 
we we try to pay a great deal of attention to to just just get off your phones don't worry about the rest of the world for about two and a half hours three and just uh, be sure that you're going to be in good company and and this is one of the hippest if not the hippest areas in center city philadelphia oh yeah uh Takes a lot of, uh, well, I don't know if it's spent cojones. Is what it's, uh, cojones. To, That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah. To, to uh, open yeah. in that area. What is your background in the restaurant industry that you said, you know what? I'm skilled enough, I'm proud enough, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it here. Failure. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, the most important teacher in all our lives, frankly, is is failure, and and that's something that people don't often talk about, don't like to think about, but it really is true. Whether it's a relationship that we've had in our lives personally and certainly professionally, uh, but uh, and I'm sure my brother's going to chime in on this. Uh, it's, Are you t- saying that he's had more failures no, than you? No, no. We, we, <laughs> well, he he shares it. He shares in his own failure, and I I, I I rave into the successes of it. But yeah, not at all. It, it um, you know we've we've we, we got into this business uh, it, unbeknownst to us in many ways. You know, golf throughout uh, throughout uh, middle school and certainly younger than that, being dishwashers a part time in the summertime. But it had to be difficult you know. seeing your mother, as you mentioned, yeah. because. You saw firsthand the hours and the work that it took to put into being successful. Derek, absolutely. But you know what we saw, what I saw particularly for me, and I'm sure my brother has, an, he has a different mark on it, the pleasure. People were just happy being there. They just, they just enjoyed themselves. Uh, and that really stuck to me. I, I remember the conversations afterwards, very little of my mom and the hard work, not at all. It was just a pleasure. People have just ha- being happy conversing. Mm-hmm. They don't get to see people uh, as, as they would every week, every month. They kind of came to my mom's place and, you know, they got, they bought the cheese, they bought their olives. They, got their, they got their news. They got their news. Got the and news. and yeah. people were just happy. And I, I, I just remember that that really stuck in my head about, uh, and it, it, it served us well. It serves me not well very now is just trying to bring people together, honestly. And what part of it made you want to do it together. Is your mother still alive, or she, she, she is? So, she is. what part of it made you guys want to go in it together? Did that just warm her heart? To say, <laughs> I can't believe my two sons. Uh, actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great if she sounds exactly like <laughs> that. <laughs> actually, no. Uh, my parents' idea for us was education. Uh, go get a degree. Uh, do an office job, but. Uh, like what my brother just said, all through like uh, middle school, all through high school, we both graduated Drexel, all through Drexel. Uh, Shameless. Especially, especially in the, <laughs> yeah, especially in the summertime is we would put like crazy hours just to make some extra money. So uh, upon me graduating, I knew that the nine to five wasn't for me. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with it. It just wasn't for me. Didn't match your personality. Yeah. At all. So I told my dad, hey, dad, you know, I want to open up a restaurant, a little pizza store. And obviously he was against it and, and only because I went through all the schooling, like, you know, but I insisted. So uh, at the age of 24, I uh, opened up Pandora's, which is on 12th and Walnut Street. And about a year later, my brother uh, graduates and he came on board. And that's basically how we started. Uh, you know, in the beginning, like anything else, it's hard. You're not making any money. Yeah. Uh, that's just the way it is. And if anybody tells you differently, they're lying to you, you know. Uh, but, you know, you have your convictions. You stick with, uh, with your plan, good food, good service. And eventually it, it, it'll work. Eventually it'll, it'll, it'll come along and you'll, you will be successful. Yeah. That, that's that, that's the secret ingredient. That's it. What's been the most difficult part of working together? Uh, can I curse? Because he's a pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's yeah, he's too much. <laughs> she, not, she, no way. Yeah, the way we work is the way we work is he's the very artsy guy, and I'm more of like the business part of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like the canvas for all intents and purposes, and he's the paint. Mm. So in putting Bodega together, and I love my brother to death. I mean, we've been in business 
for 28 years for crying out loud. Uh, he just has a vision. And his vision keeps changing every day. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's hard uh, to keep up with that. Well, he's just trying to stay hip with these new kids, like these millennials. They say um, that they have the attention yeah. span of like two seconds. Yeah, so he, if, if he doesn't so. bring them in and he's not always changing, they're going to get bored quick. Tell him. <laughs> I mean, Derek, every day, <laughs> over lunch, over drinks, over my mom's, over friends, it's, it, it very much is that, that term that my, my brother always uh, describes as yin and yang, and it's so... But that's, that's probably why it works. Yeah, it, it, it is why it works. I, I respect his opinions. He respects mine. We have our, we have our, our, our you know, disagreements. But sure we do. You know, the goals are essentially the same, and, and that's uh, to bring really, uh, how cheesy is this? To bring a little joy in people's lives. And that really is why we do it. I know people, there's probably, Miss knows, probably a lot of restaurant people who are all driven by for the finances and the money and the money. I mean, trust me, we're not that stupid. In fact, off record, when we got on, I was talking to Maria. It's like, you know, how did you get into what you're doing over here? And then, you know, she was telling me, you know, her story. And really what I'm going to say is you got to be a lunatic, you know, to think like, well, gee. Start I, this business. Start yeah. this business, you know. I mean, the lunacy of it. But you, it really is. It's passion driven. It's people driven. Now, you said it's a little bit Cuban, a little bit uh, Peruvian. It is. Have you guys uh, been back to Cuba? No, unfortunately, I haven't. Uh, I haven't. Not I'm at dying, all. I'm dying to go to Cuba. Well, no. the, last show uh, we uh, had uh, a, a tour provider that actually is doing culinary tours in Cuba. Uh -oh. And I told her, out of all the places that I've visited in Latin America, South America, mm -hmm. and all that, Cuba was the most warm and welcoming place mm -hmm. I have been to in the longest time. Everyone wow. could not have been nicer and i said the same thing last show and i'll be repeating it and anyone who's listening hey, that, that last show <laughs> when they saw us they welcomed us with open arms and didn't care about politics for one second wow it wasn't this or that it was like going into a family's house mm. and being welcomely warmed Warm welcomed. Let me flip it around. <laughs> We're both dyslexic. Don't worry about me and my brother yeah. are terribly dyslexic. Yeah. And it truly is. Like when you go to a lot of these places throughout the world, even when I was like in uh, near Israel and Syria mm. and all of that, once you throw politics out the window, it's mm. such a small portion of people who care about yes. what's going on between right. countries. In our Interpersonal relationships is what really counts. It always has. It always will. And I, you just said it exactly. And that's actually one of my, my one of the one of the rules and the places that we've had. And certainly Bodega, notwithstanding, where we had Monkey Bar years ago and Bump. So there's other our other places that we had. Is unfortunately, it's it's one of those no politics, no religion things. Even though it shouldn't be that, it should be open and, and, and easy flowing. But you know, the passion kind of gets to people, and and that's just. I, you know, one-tenth of our lives in general. And just like you said, Derek, you go to different places, different areas of the world, whether it is the Middle East or Cuba or, or South America, and hardly what they're talking about. They're talking about the joys of life, the everyday, being in the moment right now is what, what counts yeah. more than anything at all. And I think that's one of the reasons why Bodega has been so successful. Mm -hmm. Everyone that has gone, the media that has uh, reviewed it, has said that when you enter your space, you truly forget where you're at. How did the design come about? I mean, in this day and age, it's kind of hard to stick out that much when, when you open. Well, the design itself, uh, my brother actually had that vision. I mean, with the colors. Well, good thing it was on that day that you put it. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful in there. I'll give you a simple example. Uh, we bought online uh, these beautiful uh, pieces that we were going to put behind the bar. They were like big arches. We actually drove to Stratton uh, to give a deposit, and we had it delivered, and we spent a lot of money on it. So we get it to our place, and it's time now to embellish it, if you will. He, meaning my brother, had me paint these things like seven, eight times. <laughs> whatever, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, I kid you not, you know. So 
the ninth time I'm about to paint it, I said, listen, dude, pick a color because this is it. So he picked that color. We put them up. Three days later, we take it down. <laughs> That's what happened. That's not happy. <laughs> Three days later, he says, it's not working. I said, yeah, it's, it really isn't working as much as, you know, we took him down. We took you, him down and uh, back to the drawing board. He was so, pissed off at me, but he knew oh, that it yeah. wasn't working. Uh, it's, it's, it's sometimes it, it, it really is a canvas. It's like, okay, it, great. But you know that also, Mark. I'd I mean, right, Mark? Do, yeah. Doing it for, I, I know when you're writing your blog up, you want that perfect setup of pictures. You want it worded perfectly this way when it goes out to the world. That is true. Yes, you swap things around. I, I sort of play this game with myself where I pretend that I published it. So it was like, <laughs> you know, it's like sending an email at work. You realize right after you sent it, oh, I have to change. I want to change something. So uh, very similar to that. Constantly evolving it. But that's what makes it work. Yeah. It took that many times, yeah, for the creation to come about. And I think we, by and large, I think we got it right. Uh, yeah. I, I really, I really feel that. Like I'm, uh, when I walk in every day to, to my place, I feel very proud of what we did. Uh, like I said, actually, before we aired, I, I, me and my brother, I mean, we left everything on the table. I mean, everything we just gave it everything we had, and I think. Uh, I think we we delivered the goods. I think I I would agree. I mean, you yeah. were at the uh, opening party, Murray. Right. Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah. I just I loved the feeling, the ambiance. You know, it was very busy, which you love to see at openings. Sure Everybody wanting to check it out. Um, it, you're right about the feeling that was created. I there's kind of like a, a narrow channel, like that walks up to the upstairs sure. part and behind, mm -hmm. but I, it doesn't feel tight it has this still open air feeling which right. i really love um and i like that you can see all the way down sometimes some places you can't you can't see from front to back um uh i just i really loved it and the warmth you felt warm with the colors um well, i really enjoyed it and the food was awesome you gentlemen have a winning combination <laughs> without a doubt you've hit the lottery I know that your parents have to be extremely proud of both of you, starting from a bodega to the beautiful establishment that you're putting out for everyone to enjoy now. It truly is an experience to dine at bodega. Thank you. And the food, Mark, I know you agree 100%. It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have to be smacking his hands to, yeah. to, to stop eating. You laid it out right in front of me. That's uh... I said, I mean, we're coming over the bridge. We didn't want to, We wanted to do some adult beverages, which we certainly couldn't do. But <laughs> that would have been a very interesting uh It would have been a, pro, proven a much more entertaining it's show. Very, very entertaining, <laughs> to say the least. I mean, it already is, Derek. But Mark, uh, yeah. thank you so much for coming in studio. Why don't you guys give the address or social media or anything like that. Thank you. And by the way, uh, Derek and Mark, again, thank you for having us. It's uh, We're excited and, and we're privileged to be here at your show. We really are. Thank you. And we're Th huge, and we're huge yes. fans of uh, Small Bites, as we always will be, as everybody should be. So, yeah, it's uh, you could find us at uh, 1223 Walnut Street uh, in Philadelphia, PA, of course. Uh, BodegaPhilly.com and all the social media. The Instagram is, uh, uh, you know, at Bodega Bar Philly. Awesome. And that's kind of it really you know and just come in and say hello if you like uh, and you know just introduce Go out for yourselves. a good time yeah. just out for a good time and introduce yourselves perfect awesome. strangers uh, on any given day is nothing better awesome well we go from midtown village philadelphia's hottest location right now mark to someone who uh knows south philadelphia quite well as that's mm -hmm. where he was born but after you visit bodega and you're tired and you want to relax and netflix and chill our next guest, Nick Liberato of Netflix's Restaurants on the Edge, is here to join us. He has a new show. You can stream it, binge it, whatever you want to call it, uh, when you sit down in front of that TV with a six-episode premiere season that takes viewers to some of the world's most spectacular locations. How's it going tonight, Nick? Excellent. How are you guys doing? Thank you so much for having me. We are doing great. So uh, welcome uh, back to talk to your Philadelphia family. I, I know once you go anywhere in uh, outside of Philadelphia, <laughs> it, it, you're always warmly welcomed. And I do have to say, 
I love, love, love your social media handle. Why don't, why don't you tell it to this in case anyone doesn't know what it is? What's your social media handle? Yeah, of course. Yeah, you can follow me at Chef Nikki, N I C K Y. And uh, yeah, I'm constantly uh, posting every day. Um, I, I'm traveling all the time, including last year. I was traveling quite a bit shooting the show Restaurants on the Edge, but. I was I was actually just back in Philadelphia. I just flew back here in, in LA two nights ago. But uh, I, I did some local press, um, both on NBC and CBS. And I was in New York City doing a bunch of stuff back there, uh, getting the word out about the show. So it's uh, it's nice to be reconnected back home. Now you moved out to California. You had a passion for surfing, which uh, the Jersey Shore really doesn't help us out that much with great waves and the cold weather for the majority uh, of uh, the year. And you also have uh, uh, known quite well as Cali Delphia, correct? That's correct. Yeah, that's my LLC and uh, <laughs> with my catering business for, for quite a while. Um, it's uh, Cali Delphia. I'm a Californian. You know, I, I've literally <laughs> split my life in half between Philly and California both, uh, you know, adding some really nice, you know, what makes me who I am today. But, you know, Philly was, was where my roots were. You know, I was, I was born there. I, I worked in the Italian market with my, my grandparents uh, and my uncle Charlie. He was better known as Charlie Brajol down in South Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I had a great time. I was, it was a lot of great culture down there. Uh, a lot of inspiration. It's really what, what made me who I am today. And uh, I moved to California 21 years ago. Well, you make us proud because you show with that name, Caladelphia. You can take the boy out of Philly, but you can't take the Philly out of the boy. Yeah, <laughs> I, o- I, always, yeah I always say Philadelphia born, California stole. Um, so, but, but, yeah, you, can't, uh, you definitely can't take. My, my parents live in Bucks County. My sister's up in New York. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm back there quite a bit. I, you know, one day I'd like to actually open something up yeah. back in the Philadelphia area. Now, but, uh, I've done really well out, out here in California. Yeah, amazing. I mean, you've, you've been wildly successful out there, multi-million dollar operations that you're running. But to get back to the Netflix show, uh, Restaurants on the Edge, here's the locations that he visits, Mark. I mean, uh, m- maybe we'll get to go with him next time. I, I must have missed the invite when he left to go do the show, <laughs> but I'll keep a closer eye to the mailbox <laughs> next time. He went to Malta, okay. Hong Kong, Costa Rica, Austria, St. Lucia. I mean, my wow. goodness gracious. Now, Hong Kong, I have to say the first time that I went to Hong Kong, it's so wild because you have these this huge metropolitan urban area with these big skyscrapers, then this beautiful mountainside on the, on the side. Now uh, me and my wife, the one time we took a cable car that took us high into the mountains, go all the way up. And it's this strange, do you like those sound effects? Yes, I'm impressed. With with a budget like we have, we have nothing but the best here. And we go high into the mountains and then you get all the way up to the cable car and you go to this, this little tea house that overlooks the entire city out of all of the destinations that you went to which one did you fall in love with the most i mean i i I did love hong kong it was a place that i had never been before and it was like getting a straight injection to the vein of culture (laughs) hong kong completely dwarfed uh, new york city and uh there's just so much going on and far different than anywhere else in china um but you know you know, St. Lucia, Austria, Malta, Costa Rica, Tobamori in, in um, Canada, which is like the Caribbean of, of Canada, and Hong Kong, of course. I'd have to say, you know, our first season, um, you know, I, I hate to be, you know, I loved Costa Rica. And I actually, I got to surf in that episode, which was really fun. And uh, because, you know, part of the show is, you know, myself, my co-host going out into the, the environment and figuring out how we can incorporate that demographic, that culture, that vibe yeah. into the restaurant. Without a um, doubt. So, you know, Costa Rica is a place I've been traveling to for upwards of 25 years. and uh, But that particular area in northern Costa Rica was a place that I had not been. Um, but, you know, I, I would have to, you know, I'd have to say Austria was my favorite place. Wow. Um, in, in the first season. I, I've been all throughout Europe. 
I'd never been to Austria before. And I, it was like jumping into uh, a dream, like a fairy tale. Like when I tell you the time of year, we were there in July, uh, the, the, all the flowers were in bloom, waterfalls just blowing out the sides of the mountain, snow-capped mountains, excellent food, steins of beer, drinking schnapps. I mean, every day it was just like I would wake up early to go on a hike or I would take the, you know, I would go all the way up to the top of the mountain at St. Anton. And, you know, I'm looking out in the distance and I'm looking at multiple countries from the top of the mountain. Yeah. And it was just gorgeous. And the people were, were amazing. And I loved there was one day I got in Lederhosen to start cruising around town. You know, I just, yeah, I'm like that. I'm like a chameleon. Well, they only go, let you there for, for 24 hours unless you put it on. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's so cool? Actually, the owners of the restaurant knew how inspired I was by it. He actually gave me a pair of Lederhosen because I was looking around to buy a pair and I couldn't find a pair <laughs> by the end of the trip. And he gave me a pair. They're actually really expensive too. They run between oh, like wow. four and like seven hundred dollars. Wow. So, wow. Um, yeah, but but yeah, I think it really it definitely allows you to you can put the beers down a lot quicker when you got the Lederhosen. That's amazing. <laughs> so as you see, the, you've mentioned all of these countries and the amazing things that these countries have going for them: mountainsides, water, white beaches, outstanding views. But just like anywhere else in the world. There's going to be businesses that are failing, that aren't living up to potential, maybe. And that is what Correct. this show is all about, Restaurants on the Edge. It's you with your restaurant business uh, expertise, alongside Chef Dennis DePrescott and award-winning interior designer, Kareen Bond. And what you guys do yeah. is you go into these underperforming locations and pretty much spinning around 180 and say, what the heck are you guys doing? Do you realize that you could be printing money out of this business instead of it being in the red? And you try to uh, breathe life back into it. It has to be not only challenging and heartbreaking at times, but when you see it turn around, that just has to warm your heart immensely. It, it does. I mean, and you hit it right on the head. Uh, you know, we're changing much more than businesses. We're changing people. And sometimes it takes outside eyes to come in and really get those people reconnected with their environment and understand what's exactly going to make their business work. Um, you know, the, the whole you know, premise, the idea for the show, my, my restaurant, Venice, the Venezuelan, was an underperforming restaurant that had a great view. And when you find these places, they lose their integrity. You know, they have the great view. They think they're going to fill the seats, and 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 then they're missing the mark on the decor, on the the uh, the food, the way the menus read, the uh, you know the systems that are in place, and ultimately the people and how they're connecting with the guests. And and what you know the the success I've had out here is, you know, my my restaurant has been my real life bar rescue. I, I took it from a three million dollar business in 2014 when I came in. And, you know, we're, we're, we're pushing 10 million now. And that's because I've had my hand on the pulse. I care about what I do. I put integrity and passion behind every single day. And, and, and we've done everything we can to improve this place um, season after season. And, and we have tourists, we have locals, but that's, that's what it takes. You have to be consistent with your business. It's, you're always going after making that first impression the best one. Um, because people take it far too for, for granted that that um, that that's ultimately what will multiply or or subtract, you know your your and your end sales. Yeah, without a doubt. And uh, also, your business, the catering company Caladelphia. Now you're out on the West Coast. You're smoozing with the the Hollywood stars. You've prepared yeah. meals for celebrities such as Will Smith, Tom Hanks, the Beastie Boys, Barbara Streisand, Cher, Hank Azaria. Was there any celebrity that you had a job for that you were just as nervous as could be? Or when you saw the name on the ticket who you were serving, you were beyond the moon? Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, there was a particular meal I cooked at. Tom Hanks house and it was a meal that had you know everyone from Paul McCartney to Sting to Bruce Springsteen there and I, I you know Oprah I mean there was a number of people 
that were at an, at an event and I just, I couldn't believe, you know, the, the people that were kind of around me. I mean, at the end of it, I walked away with, from there and I was like, I pretty much just cooked for the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the, um, it's really surreal, man. You know, where, how, where I grew up and, you know, I'm a college dropout. I actually, I went to Buffalo County Community College. I, I, you know, I never went to culinary school and I've just worked real. I've been, I worked my ass off going through different restaurants, working for chefs, traveling around the world, um, you know, going to these different locations. And it's really just been, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, you know, and I, it's just been amazing. You know, the, the people that I've met, I've worked with, the places that I've been, but, you know, you just, you got to believe in yourself and you got, and when you have a great idea, you know, you have to strive for it. You know, you have to, you can never give up because, you know, I, I'm, I'm really proud of myself, you know, for this show and the outcome of it. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm nervous, you know, it's about to go live <laughs> on Netflix next Friday or this Friday. And it's going to be live on 167 million Netflix mm. accounts to mm. 150 countries in 25 languages. That's, wow. It's no got pressure. a reach of almost mm. half a billion people. So <laughs> that. So that's that just right one fewer pretty- audience member than we have yeah. for this show, I think. <laughs> just one. Just one. <laughs> right. And that depends. You know, I know a lot of people. You're probably, you guys are all probably sharing the same account over there. So. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't supposed to tell anyone, Nick. Come I'm on. Sorry, I'm oh, sorry. Don't you know the Philly stitches, uh, snitches get stitches? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh, I, I do. I know that. You're uh, right. But, you're right. but Nick, uh, I have to say, congratulations. You are making us all back here in Philadelphia so proud of you. We couldn't be more thrilled for the success that you have. And you are definitely the man for the job because if you bring a Philly boy like me into a restaurant anywhere else in the world, say, what do I need to succeed? I'm going to say, well, maybe uh, some water ice uh, cheesesteak, soft pretzels, and scrapple <laughs> might. Uh, but they'll, they'll pick you right up. Don't worry about it. But uh, you're the right man yeah. for the job. And as you said, this Friday, Everyone, crash the internet, stream Netflix, a sixth episode premiere season takes viewers around the world to the most spectacular locations, restaurants on the edge. It was a pleasure talking to you. You want to share any social medias or anything like that before you go? Yeah, of course. Please follow me on Instagram at Chef Nikki, on Twitter at Caledelphia, or on Facebook, uh, Chef Nick Liberato. Um, it was my pleasure to be on the show, guys. I'd be happy to come back anytime. And thank you so much for all the support. I love you, Philadelphia. And uh, I can't wait to get back on my next trip. Thank you so much. You're always I'm already, welcome. I'm already craving my next sandwich. <laughs> Give oh, us a holiday. Oh, Have yes. a good one, pal. Thanks. All right. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Bye-bye. That was fun. So we know what we're doing next Friday. I wanted to ask him if he was still an Eagles fan. Come on, come on. I mean, of course it is. We would have hung the phone up immediately (laughs) if he said no. Yeah, once you're you're green. Exactly. Yeah, once you're green, that's it. Exactly. But the restaurant industry isn't easy. Everyone in this room knows that. But we have someone in here that we had her talking a little earlier, Maria Campbell of Cooks Who Care, that wants to reach out to those in the industry to know that there are people out there doing things that are healthy, engaging, and uh, for the betterment of everyone in there. Yeah, I think the sustainability of what we do is what I'm really striving for. And when you're in your own four walls, just working to the bone, because uh, we know how stressful it is. Um, I'm a chef by trade. My husband was a chef by trade. So just even being a partner and having a family with somebody who's in the restaurant business, like it's not just the chef of the kitchen. It's everyone. Um, you know, I just think that there's not enough resources for people that if you're just working, you know, 60, 80 hours a week and you're, you're going home, like it's hard to make good and healthy choices. It's hard to connect to family when you feel like you're letting them down every night because you say, no, I can't do that. Sorry. And the answer is no. Every single time when they reach out, Hey, you want to go out and have it? You want to go out for coffee? Oh, you want to go to this? Oh, I have this thing. I really want you to check out. And you're like, no, I got to work or no, you know, this is what I do. And, and I know everyone is so passionate about it. I am so passionate about it too, but I want to switch the ratio where you don't feel bad. You don't feel guilty about taking care of yourself. You don't feel guilty going for a walk. Like everyone's touting all these hours and the extremes well, of what the industry's doing. And the guilt too oh. of 
holidays. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How many uh, weddings, anniversaries do you miss, etc.? Like, it's it's hard. And you know you make that sacrifice. I've done it. I, Jeez, I've been married to my husband for 13 years. Like, I know every holiday he was going to come home at this time. Like, I've accepted that, you know. But I just feel like there needs to be just more of not just the employers supporting them, but I found that it was the individuals who weren't allowing themselves to just be mm-hmm. and to just connect with people or go to the gym or you know maybe i need to start eating healthy other than like eating late at night just because the hours like if 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 we were eating right now i probably would be standing eating all of your food like (laughs) i'm used to that and i've seen so many people you stand up when you eat but i want people to start thinking first a it's okay to take care of yourself and there are people out here who understand your work demands and want to show you that there's other options and it's not easy i mean because individuals who have been in the industry for many years, and I know everyone here, you've got some of the old school ones who you ever hear somebody take a day off or take, leave me alone. They will not take a day off. They feel as though they're a a captain of a ship, that everyone is uh, under them. They can't fail. If they can't do it, no one else below them can do it. So it's difficult. But why is it that you commit your energy to change the norms in the food industry? What was it that brought you to this? I think just witnessing so many people in the food industry, you know, either become a drug addict, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, they can't stop yeah. themselves, uh, or just the fact of the exhaustion. I've seen so many people burn out, and like mm-hmm. it looks like a death, a living death, when you watch somebody uh, slowly go, Oh, I could tell you just opened a restaurant. You know, it's a look, it's three months, it's three yeah. months in where you have to dedicate all of your time. So I usually know that if friends were opening up a place, I'm like, I can't talk to you for three months because I know what the dedication takes. Um, and having a son, having my my son who's seven. And I think everyone in the industry knew the dark little secrets, yeah. but God bless his soul uh, into mass market and to a world view audience. Anthony Bourdain is really who brought it to the forefront with his book of, hey, you love to dine, but guess what's going on behind the scenes? That's the first time someone said thank you to me that I didn't know who they were. And there was a chef um, who worked for the Phillies who reached out to me and said thank you for the work you do. And I didn't know him. Um, I felt so appreciative because I'm so committed. Every day I wake up just thinking about all of these people who commit themselves because of the name of passion. And I would never say don't do it. But we as people our community we're the only ones who get it the employers get it our peers get it and it goes back to their mother too and you said you saw Mm -hmm. the hard work and you guys remember the hours the difficulties but the the amount of pleasure and happiness it brought is what keeps you in the industry oh yeah the immediate you know servitude of giving someone something and i think the thing that worried me was the extent at which you give that when is it too much and when is it enough to go this is amazing and be great and just go that that's just what we needed all right now go take a break right so for myself like i can admit i'm a workaholic and no one goes like, oh, you work too much. Like our industry is like, yes, we want you. Yeah. We want you who's going to do everything to do all this stuff. I got pneumonia twice mm. and it was self-inflicted. And the wake up call for me was actually when I was three months pregnant with my son. And I was coaching some culinary students uh, at the restaurant school to like get better, do this. Like I was I was a competitive cook. That's how I met my husband. We were competitively training to learn how to cook food. And I, I wanted to travel internationally. So. So I had that opportunity, but then just like to the extent of you have to dedicate this many hours and all my friends are saying the same thing. I thought, well, that's what I have to do. Well, when your body changes, I never thought like, duh, maybe I should change that. Three months in, they're like, Maria, you you have pneumonia. Like, this is really scary. Like, you have to be bedridden for a week. And I was like, what? Mm. 
a week. Um, and it was self, the problem was it was self-inflicted. I was working too much because of what I thought I was supposed to be doing. But that's the norm in the industry. And that's the norm. Mm. So I, I struggle with these things. I, I'm not great at it. And that's why I thought there needs to be some support system that says, hey, you know what's awesome? You ate healthy today. Oh, you went to the gym and you had this thing. And oh, you went, you visited your family. That's incredible. Like I want to like encourage people with those things and kind of normalize these new conversations to uplift each other. Um, that, that's why I want to take care of them the way they take care of everybody else. And I like one of the descriptions that you give cooks who care that you are trying to serve as a well-being concierge for the food and beverage industry. Yeah. Yeah. I treat it like a hotel. You know, mm. you go in and you say, what is it that you need? I'm getting everybody to try new things and I'm doing new things I've never tried before. I signed up for a cycling class. We have 12 ambassadors and I'm so proud of to have included in our community that even including Elizabeth Faulkner, who we had uh, do this really cool Jungshing exercise at South Jazz Kitchen. And we invited it just for industry. It wasn't, you know, the usual typical, hey, after night, you know, dinner drinks. It was like, do you guys want to learn like how to cook at home for yourself do you want to learn a new exercise it's pretty kick-ass uh you know i actually had my brother-in-law cut down some bamboo from the woods so that we could have like fake swords and, <laughs> and we like you know did some like combat thing in the jazz kitchen side of south um a south restaurant and it was it was amazing to collect people where they're not used to it they're like what is this? Everybody felt like they were dropped on another planet, but I'm like, no, this is for you. Yeah. Like, we're going to show you like how to start doing this. And guess what? They're going to be more productive in your place. And Cooks Who Care has also been looking into information regarding health insurance, correct? Yes. Uh, we're really focusing on, it, it's health. Anything that revolves around health. It's food, fitness, finance, stress relief. And what we were also realizing is people were telling us if they work for a small independent restaurant, you're more critical to not have health insurance and the restaurant opportunities center roc uh actually has documented 90 percent of people in the restaurant industry do not have health insurance so there's a need uh and i know people have some people have but i want everyone to have access and at least just like hey go get a checkup yeah. go to the dentist like you know those are the kind of things i just want them to start checking in and doing preventative stuff rather than you know, waiting and being like, oh, I'm not going to go. And then they got to call off for work. You know, I, I worry about everybody in, in that case. Um, and the health insurance is just one option that we can support them. Well, I mean, you're doing a lot of good out there. Mm. Uh, it's it's an, it's amazing, the outreach programs. And I know everyone that is familiar with your programs has given rave reviews and it's helped a lot of people. So for that, thank you. And you are hosting a nice event. It's a, going to be a food industry event on March 30th, recognizing those who work behind the scenes. Can you give information on that? Oh, I'm so proud that the Bynum brothers have been a huge support of us. We're going to be at Green Soul, which is on 14, 14th and Mount Vernon, uh, right by um, where V is in South Jazz Kitchen. It's like right near there. And it's going to have a meditation uh, by Sally Young. We're going to just talk and connect the people that work in the biz um and i'm i'm doing it to cater to them it's from 3 to 4 30 on that night and it's going to be one monday a month I, i'm committing myself wow. to one monday a month to start getting a regular rotation and awareness that's amazing well thank you so much for joining us and letting everyone know that there are services and people out there that do care about them. And do you want to share any social medias or websites? Yeah, cookswhocareinspired.com. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We have a YouTube channel, uh, which my husband and a bunch of other chefs have made some incredible videos interviewing people behind the scenes. Uh, Cooks Who Care, all over and on Twitter. Awesome, awesome. Well, Mark? You're the man with the news, and we've just heard the horror stories of what it can be to be in the industry. But, yes. But human beings are a gluttony for punishment. They love it. So there's many more restaurants that are opening and want to join the brigades. Of <laughs> there's a lot going on in South Jersey, yes. And you're the man with the master plan who knows everything about what's going on. I try to. Yeah, we had a, had a lot of good openings in the last three to four months. Um, Cinder Bar opened up over on Cross Keys. It's a... 
it's a real neat establishment because um, it's sort of taking that sort of Philadelphia, what you guys are describing with Bodega, mm. where the, the family and the partners, the, every single surface they thought about what it was going to be. Every every food item was thought about. I I, I love the story. Like you know, whiskey's big right now. It's that's mm. that's taken over beer, and they have the whiskey bar. And you know, it's not enough to just serve whiskey in a, with with an ice cube. They import in you know like crystal perfect pure water. That's why the uh, Antarctica shelf just broke. Their yeah. <laughs> we got to get the pure ice yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys can tell me if this is common. They have a bandsaw in their kitchen. So they freeze the sheets of ice. They bandsaw it into like inch and a half cubes. And then they have a metal sort of emblem of their logo and they impress it into the ice cubes. And I, I like this is in southern New Jersey. Now oh, the thing is oh, they've that's they've kept the prices at a you know at a it's at a reasonable level. It's you know it's comparable to say like a PJ Wellahan's type mm, price point. Yeah. And they are packed. You can't get in there on the weekends. Two, three hour waits. Mm. Um, you know, there were some people saying, hey, this isn't right for the area on Cross Keys, but no, the public is really jumping up and down for them. Good for them. So yeah. yeah, and it's their second location. Oh, you know what I love part of the story is two two parts both successful. Um, the one gentleman started out as a pizza guy, like working, making pizzas, flipping them, and, and he had an opportunity to open up his own shop. That turned into three. That turned into four. That turned into a bar. And then he teamed up with the, the gentleman Stavola Foods, which was a big uh, food place uh, in South Jersey for distribution. And they just they're going going great. That's amazing. Um, two. You know what? I also love the stories um, similar to you guys uh, in suburban New Jersey. Two small independent restaurants opened up, um, one in uh, Shana's Wild Fig in Blackwood, Gloucester Township, and the Grindstone in Williamstown. Just two young families, you know, two separate businesses, similar stories, going into sort of the old main street of the town that's not really doing well. Um, it went gangbusters on my site. Like, it was nice to see the public... Uh, support them. Sometimes I'll do a post. I can see sort of Facebook's reaction. It'll be like two or three thousand people. Over a hundred thousand people oh, wow. saw mm. each of those posts. Wow! And what yeah. that means is every time you click and you like and or you share it to your page or you share it, Facebook sees that and they say, "Oh, people like this. I'm going to show it to more people." And what's nice is if you come up with a a nice product, a unique approach to food, but keep the price reasonable, mm. people are going to respond to it. And and well, and there's even no. The major cities have where everybody's normally going. There's still people that live in these towns that have empty storefronts. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, and they're, they're you know they're bringing breweries. Uh, you know where Grindstone is, you have the 13th uh, Child Brewery. So then they're you know, bringing wineries in, just trying to rebuild that, make it more of a destination. And you know everybody wants to be the next Collingswood. And there's a lot of successes that are growing from that. And and these are sort of two restaurants that I think are going to be catalysts for those neighborhoods to help you know bring up bring these entries. Yeah. And usually that's that is what happens. It's, it raises the tide for everyone. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, it, exactly. Um, another one that just opened. I just did a post on real small Briglia Tavern out in uh, Chesterbrook, a little bit further out. You know, down a little bit down the Winslow Township. It reminds me of walking into a South Philly bar. Mm. It's <laughs> got that narrow. You come in. It's 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 maybe 15 feet wide. The bar down the left, parked are, in the middle of the street. Parked in the middle <laughs> of the street. Yeah, I, I put my orange cone out front for you know, for, for the snow. Uh, <laughs> but there's a dining room area in the back that's larger. And uh, Matt Brigley, young guy, right? You, you want to support all the independent business owners, mm -hmm. but you love it when just a young guy puts his neck out there, a young woman. And uh, he's doing amazing, amazing Italian dishes there and, and just also traditional bar food. So that's another great place. Wow. Nice. That is uh, awesome. Uh, Washington Township. I'm, I'm one town over in Denver, New Jersey. Washington Township, if you guys don't know this, it's sort of, uh, it, had, it had an influx of Italian folks from South Philadelphia. Um, that's, I think that's common knowledge. So there's a lot of Italian oh, yeah. restaurants there. It's also a fun town because they just, you know, they're always beating themselves up. Sorry, guys, in Washington Township, you follow along <laughs> on social media. Um, but there's a lot of, lot of going on in that town um, with restaurants. Bistro di Marino just opened up about three weeks ago. So this is a famed Collingswood restaurant. Um, uh, restaurant that's moved over to second location. Mm. Um, coming soon is Gennaro's, which is uh, Lutz's uh, place from uh, Collingswood. He was uh, part of the- Kitchen uh, Concierge. Kitchen Concierge, thank yeah. you. I couldn't think of the name. <laughs> he is opening a place also, and that may have a liquor license there. Um, there's a First Watch coming in, a Chipotle. You know, there's just a, a mix of restaurants mm. coming in the Washington Township. A lot of good things happening there. Mm. No, I mean, it's just like South Jersey just has one opening 
after another. It, it's unbelievable the amount of openings. It it really is. I love to see the the, the new influx of ideas and things coming. In fact, your buddy uh, Tim Witcher. I, I think you said you really enjoy yes enjoy Tim and what he's doing with his wing kitchen. Yes, he's uh, gotten a ton of press in the last week and a half. I mean, it's amazing his story. Uh, he went on to the the show and was a winner. Chopped. Mm. Chopped. Yep. And many people don't know that uh, he is a teacher. Yes. Mm. So he teaches culinary arts, mm-hmm. and he does all sorts of food competitions with the kids, and he couldn't oh, be a nicer yeah. guy. And, really it, and it sort of came about of like a pop-up sort of thing at Wedgwood Country Club. Yes, yes. And, and it's been gangbusters. Mm. It's doing great. He's opening a second location in Glassboro, which that in itself, they, they built that main street that everybody's trying to achieve you know, from scratch. Um, you know, it's funny. I saw I saw the p- social media pop up, and he had the Carrier Post, which is our South South Jersey paper. There, I'm like, God, oh, Tim, you didn't call me. I'm 42 Freeway. And then I saw they put him on the front page of the newspaper. I'm like, okay, I can't compete with that. Mm. <laughs> you know, good for you, buddy. You deserve it. So. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but it, it's it's one of those things that, uh, in my opinion, I'm not a restaurateur, but if you can at least do one thing extremely well your name will get out there. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, it's better to do one thing extremely well than to have 50 million different things on the menu that you don't do any of them well. Mm. That is true. Donkey's donkey's cheesesteaks and candy. That's the perfect example of that. Oh, we got, we got Philadelphia guys here, and they're yeah, like, wait a minute, Jersey Steak, <laughs> what are you, that's all right. what are you okay. talking about? Yeah, no, what are you talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> Same difference. Um, <laughs> but also the Deptford Mall has a little action because there's going to be entertainment there. Yeah, you know, there's a competition going on between the Deptford Mall and the Gloucester Outlet. So in the Deptford Mall, well, first off, in the Deptford area, we're getting a Miller's Ale House, which is a national chain, but it, we're excited to see it. It was Don Pablo's had closed. In the mall itself, round one is coming in. It's an entertainment arcade. It's sort of a Japanese-based uh, Dave & Buster's. In fact, there's oh, one that okay. just opened in the fashion district in, in the old gallery. And they feature arcade games and bowling and all that fun stuff, but they also have a full food and, and a restaurant. And then a, a mile and a half away from this, Dave & Buster's is opening up in Gloucester Township. Oh, wow. So it's a freestanding Gloucester, uh, freestanding Dave & Buster's. Right. That's opening up in May. So literally, you know, seven minutes from each other. So it's going to be a battle wow. um, with great food. and Well, and I know that all of these updates, there's one place where you can find all these, and many of them, are breaking news that no one else has had. And where is that, Mark? That would be at 42freeway.com. It's an amazing site. It's an amazing site. And uh, someone else who always enlightens us with little sprinkles of knowledge that is always a joy to have on the show is Pennsylvania's most influential chef, is named by Cooking Light Magazine, and that is Chef Barbie Marshall. How's it going tonight, Chef Barbie? Hey, y'all. I'm so excited to be part of Small Bites and one of the podcasts to listen to in 2020. So (laughs) my great Small Bite for tonight is our friends over at Shima, uh, Shima Philly at uh, 20th and JFK have launched some new bar menu items. Um, some sliders, some burgers, they're house ground. So they're grinding their own, their own meat and then turning them into burgers at their bar with truffle fries and drink specials during happy hour five to seven. Mm. So you got to get there and check those out. And what goes well with burgers, beers. They've also added four (laughs) beers on draft. So Shima is definitely listening to what we like to 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 eat and what we like to go with our small bites. Well, it sounds small like bit. to me that they certainly have hired the correct person to be their spokesperson. That was wonderful, and it has me uh, drooling for a freshly made burger and some new beer. And as usual, Barbie, it's always a pleasure talking to you, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Chef Barbie. Have a great night. Well, everyone, that was fun. I uh, thank everyone for coming in. We're going to go around the room. Ten seconds, plug whatever you would like, and we will start on my left. Go ahead, Maria. Uh, Maria Campbell, Cooks Who Care. Um, I'm really proud to do this work uh, and the support of the food industry community. So check out all our stuff, subscribe to our channels, and follow us to show that it's important. Cooks Who Care. Uh, Thank you for having us. Uh, Come join us at the bodega.
have a cocktail, have something to eat, and uh, just have a good time. Awesome. Uh, yeah, on behalf of me, my brother, and of course my partner George, I like to thank Derek and Mark. And you know, I was very interested in engaged with Maria, and I'm, I didn't know that she was in my neighborhood. <laughs> now I do, um, and I just like to say, just uh, uh, find your destiny at Bodega. Awesome, thank you, Mark Matthews, forty uh, two freeway dot com, Marlton Pike. We're trying. To, I'm, I'm partnering with uh, Neil from the View from Evesham. I'm doing the same thing in Marlton Pike, and I may have something for the Jersey Shore later on. because so, I don't because I have plenty of time. Spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs> but I'm Derek Tim of BlueJeanFood.com. I also want to thank John Howard Fusco, uh, Chef Barbie Marshall, uh, Nick Liberato of uh, Restaurants on the Edge. Watch that starting February 28th. Uh, best of luck to Donato Marino. We hope that everyone gets better soon and that he's in studio on the next show. But on a happier note, we end the show like we always do with a joke of the week from the legendary joke teller, Jackie the Joke Man Martlin. Hi, I'm Jackie Martling here for Small Bites. A plane crashes in the jungle. Well, they get hungry and they need food, and they have nothing to hunt with except one knife, and they need that at the plane to defend themselves. So they just hand a stick to Charlie and say, Charlie, go bring us back some food. A few hours later, Charlie comes running towards the plane, being chased by a huge lion. And Charlie's yelling, open the door, open the door. They open the door, and at the last minute, Charlie ducks down, and the lion goes sailing into the plane. Charlie says, start with that one, and I'll go get us another one. (laughs) Follow me on Twitter for a great joke. Every day at 4.20 p.m. at Jackie Martling, J-A-C-K-I-E. M-A-R-T-L-I-N-G. Yeah. <laughs>